Did you know that God's word predicts that one of the signs of the last days will be the tendency in the church to hold to the form of religion, denying the power thereof? Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this message. I'm going to talk about the danger of making, to take one example, making your baptism a meaningless ritual. We invite you to join us for a half hour of inspiration, sharing, and teaching in a new program of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This comes as an outreach of the Logos Ministry for Orthodox Renewal, headquartered in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The founder of this ministry of faith is Father Eusebius Stefanu, Greek Orthodox priest, author, and evangelist, who's been called by God out of pastoral and professorial posts to proclaim the end-time message of salvation, healing, and deliverance in Jesus Christ. Father Stefanu comes to share a message of love and hope with both those who've never known Christ and those who are already members of the church but have never experienced the fullness of God's redeeming grace and healing power. At the close of the program, we will give you the address where you can write our evangelist. It will also appear on your screen in the course of the program. And now our speaker and host, Father Eusebius Stefanu. What a joy to be with you again to share the Word of God on matters that concern your eternal welfare. When your eternity is at stake, you cannot afford to take chances with religious ambiguity and uncertainty pertaining to the things of God and salvation. But before I go on, I want to thank those of you who have written me. And I want to tell you that your letters and your contributions mean so much for me. You know, television time is costly, and it's your gifts and your support that makes it possible for me to continue this television outreach. This is why I'm going to ask you to continue to stand with me. I need to hear from you. Now, I'd like to read from a few uh, letters just to give you an idea of uh, what uh, men and women are, are writing me from out there. I would like to read, for example, a letter from a man in Chicago, Illinois. He writes, I have been listening to your talks for several Sundays, and to say I find them interesting would be putting it mildly. I really enjoy them. I learn much and look forward to the next one. I regret the shortness of them. You are indeed blessed by our Lord, and for that matter, I am also because you are able to be on TV. Praise God and thanksgiving to him for you. And here's another a letter uh, sent in by a man from Chicago, Illinois. Dear Father Stefano, I watch your television program every Sunday. Every one of them is God-inspired and filled with Christian love. I pray that everybody turns it on, and especially the Greek Orthodox people who find themselves in a state of spiritual lethargy. Of course, I don't think the Greek Orthodox have a monopoly on spiritual lethargy, but be that as it may, 
Here's another letter from uh, a Catholic nun uh, from Round Lake Beach, Illinois. Dear Father Stefano, I watched your first telecast tonight and it was a blessing to me. I always believed in Jesus, like you said, with my mind, but I never loved him with my heart. I'm so glad I watched your telecast. Thank you for caring for us people. I will pray for you and your telecast. I will be watching for you. Well, that gives you an idea of the response that this uh, television outreach is getting. And it is encouraging to hear from all of you out there. It gives me reassurance that it's really worth, worth the, the money and worth the energy of ministering over television in this particular program. So write me if you haven't written me. I want to hear from you this week for sure. Don't let me down. Now, in my previous program, I discussed the question of rebirth, regeneration, and how it is related to infant baptism. Then I discussed how infant baptism relates to later adult life in the Holy Spirit. It was impossible to exhaust the subject on the last telecast. It's almost an inexhaustible subject, really. I would like, therefore, to continue where I left off. We just touched on the question of rekindling the grace that you received at the time of your infant baptism. Now, in his second epistle to Timothy, St. Paul makes the following exhortation. First chapter, verse 6, I put thee in remembrance, in other words, remember, that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. The Greek word for stirring up is anazopirin, consisting of the Greek word ana, which means again, Zor, which means to live, and piro, which means to fire up or to set on fire. Thus, the scriptural term anazopirin means literally to set on fire or fire up anew, afresh, all over again. What is to be fired up again? Well, it is the baptism of the Holy Spirit that was initially administered to you in infancy. Since you were baptized as a small child, your sins have smothered that flame of the Holy Spirit. Your disobedience has prevented that tiny flame from bursting forth into a glowing fire of divine energy and divine power. Did you know that the seed grace you received was the grace of Pentecost. It was Pentecostal grace. That's right. Pentecostal power. The endowment with power from on high that the apostles and disciples received in that upper room on the day of Pentecost. They were baptized, as you will remember, and they were flooded with the Spirit of the Lord. 
They were regenerated and born anew in the power of the Holy Spirit. My beloved, remember, baptism is an awesome mystery. We really don't take it seriously enough in our churches. It's usually just a perfunctory rite. Now listen, when you were baptized as a small baby, that Holy Spirit grace was bestowed upon you with the understanding that upon reaching the age of discretion, you would respond to that seminal grace by exercising your own faith and making a conscious decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You cannot make it to heaven, believe me, on your Godfather's confession. Oh no, not, not now that you're an adult. That sacramental act of bestowal of Holy Spirit baptism was not some kind of magical rite that communicated to us something that remains, you know, with you and me apart from the exercise of your own free will. Or it, will not, it does not remain despite your sins of disobedience and rebellion. The water and Holy Spirit baptism was not some kind of hocus pocus. There are too many people in the church today who look at baptism superstitiously. And I want to ask you the question, are you by any chance one of those who maintains an irrational, abject attitude of mind toward God and toward the supernatural things of God, including the sacraments of the church? Reverence toward the sacraments demands an enlightened mind about them, perfect knowledge of them and correct understanding of them. That's the kind of reverence God desires from you. That's the kind of reverence God honors. Jesus said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Make certain, my friend, that your attitude toward baptism and the other sacraments of the church reflects worship in the Holy Spirit and in truth. That you worship God through the sacraments in a way that you are brought into an immediate personal relationship with the two persons of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit and Christ who is the truth. My purpose is to help you receive the maximum of spiritual blessing from your baptism and from your communions and from the other sacraments of the church. I want to tell you something. Perhaps your priest or pastor hasn't told you, but you realize that your baptism and any other sacrament can do you untold harm and bring serious evil consequences upon you if you share in them unworthily, and I quote from the Bible when I use the word unworthily. Let me repeat what I said before. Baptism and Holy Communion are not magical rites. They don't perform something magical. They are not magic. The priest or pastor is not some kind of a magician or some kind of a wizard. You cannot play around with sacred things. You cannot afford to play little religious games in church. Make no mistake about it. You will suffer the evil consequences. Listen to what God's word says about careless sharing in the sacraments. And in this context, particularly with regard to uh, Holy Communion.
St. Paul says in uh, the first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 11, Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Do you see what I mean? In other words, communion, baptism, and any other sacrament can work the very opposite results in your life if you approach them lightly and superficially. They were instituted by our Lord to bring you into that eternal joy and glory of heaven when you die someday. But the wrong attitude toward those sacraments and inadequate preparation could prove to be damnation to your soul. In other words, to be blunt, to be blunt, the sacraments were destined, were designed for salvation. You need them for salvation. Yet on the other hand, they will banish you to hell if you're not worthy, to the unquenchable fire of perdition, into outer darkness where there is the grinding and gnashing of teeth, like Jesus described hell. So it's time you, it's time you and we who are priests stop playing church. It's time we start helping our people to meet all the conditions set down by the Lord Jesus Christ for our eternal salvation. Salvation does not come with just going through the religious motions, nor by observing certain traditional forms, and by saying and reciting certain formulas. It's time, friend, friend, you got out of your religious stupor. You need to repent from your sins of unbelief and indifference that can keep you from making it to heaven when you leave this ephemeral world. You can go through all the religious forms and motions and be very religious and still split hell wide open. That's what Paul meant by saying, holding to the form of religion, denying the power thereof. It's not religion that's going to save you and bring you into heaven. Jesus Christ explicitly said, this is life eternal, that they might know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And I ask you the fundamental question, do you know the one true God? Do you know Jesus Christ, his son, whom he sent to die on the cross 2,000 years ago? to shed his precious blood to wash you from your sins and to forgive you of your sins and to make you a child of God and inheritor of his everlasting kingdom? You might be an Orthodox Christian or you might be Catholic or even Protestant. What truly counts is that you come into a right relationship with God. You need to come into an experience of salvation by knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. If you don't do something about that baptism you received when you were a little baby, it could make it easier for you to be condemned to hell than to make you qualified to enter into that eternal glory and joy that God has prepared for those who love him. Now I love you, friend, and I care for you. That's why I'm talking like this. God's word says, stir up that baptismal grace. Rekindle that seminal spirit, that spermatic grace that was deposited into your heart at the time of your baptism. Listen to me, friend. God in these last days is pouring out of his Holy Spirit upon all flesh in preparation for the return of Jesus Christ. All flesh. You know what that includes? It includes those already in the church who are baptized and those outside the church who have never been baptized. This is God's end time provision. It is heaven's extraordinary provision in preparation for earth's final great harvest of souls. It is the latter rain. 
an event foretold in the Bible that would come as the close, close of this age approaches. This apocalyptic outpouring of God's Holy Spirit is intended to help you, friend, to rekindle the spark of the Holy Spirit that was bestowed upon you when you were baptized as a small baby. God desires that you experience those rivers of living water about which Jesus spoke about. Many people speak of this experience of the greater measure of the Holy Spirit as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people ask the question, how can that be the Holy Spirit baptism when the church teaches that we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the time we are baptized? Can it be repeated? No, it cannot be repeated. That's why I have, I have been speaking about the rekindling of that initial Holy Spirit baptism you received at your infant baptism. That rekindling will bring you into a fresh experience of the Holy Spirit. It will fire your heart with a consuming love for Jesus. It will flood your whole being with those rivers of living water. Oh, that really excites me. I'm not going to argue about terminology. I'm concerned about the reality of the Holy Spirit in your life and the certainty of your living eternally with Jesus in his heavenly kingdom. I'm concerned about your eternal welfare. Dear friend, your eternity is at stake. Theology and doc doctrine are necessary, but actual experience is equally important. You can have all the correct doctrines and still split hell wide open. You cannot make it to heaven when the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is just a small puddle of water. Jesus said, he who believes in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he said, the water that I shall give him who believes in me shall become in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Do you have those rivers? Do you have that enthusiasm? Do you have that excitement about Christ? Don't make a liar out of Christ. I ask you, do you have those rivers of living water on the inside of you or don't you? Be honest about it. You need to rekindle, again I say, that original baptismal blessing you got way back then. In one sense, it's not important what you got then. The crucial thing is, what do you have now? You say, I have the Holy Spirit already from my baptism. Fine. Demonstrate it. Where is it? You cannot hide the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can never be put to sleep. It can never really be dormant. It is there or it is not there. Whenever the Holy Spirit is present, he manifests himself. He is never present when he is not wanted or when he is not invited. Let me tell you, act, that take action on your faith, friend. Don't sit back contented with religious routine. Ask God to rekindle the gift that was given to you in the past. Ask God to stir it up and to release those rivers of living water on the inside of you. Call upon God to stir up that seminal grace. Pray and tell God you want him to fire up that little pilot light and turn it into a burning flame of fire. You will then become, like St. Paul says, a glow in the spirit. In the Greek, zeontopnevmati. Be on fire for Jesus. That's what Paul means. Be a glow. Burn up. Be consumed, you see, with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit that will be released afresh in you will change your life. 
you will get to know what it means to be a new creature in Christ, kenictesis en Christo. Then you will know what it means to be born again, to be regenerated in the power of the Holy Spirit. Then you will know what it means to pass through the second birth, to be born of God, like the Bible says, to be born of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you must be born again. Anothen, that's the Greek word, from above. You must receive that supernatural gift of rebirth from heaven. It comes from above, not from below, not from earth, but not from human effort. It is supernaturally endowed upon you. It does not come with Sunday school learning or even with seminary training. It is a divine bestowal. It is given to us as a gift by grace. It is not a reward for our righteousness. God doesn't give it, give it to you because you are worthy. No, you cannot earn it or merit it. It is an unmerited grace of the Holy Spirit because of the atoning death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. So I want to I exhort you. Tell the Lord you're thirsty. That's all he wants to hear. Confess your spiritual thirst to him. Acknowledge your inner thirst to him. You need more and more from God. Don't act like you got it all. Otherwise, you will end up having nothing and never make it to heaven. Remember that scripture in the Gospel of Luke. The hungry he has filled with good things, but the rich he hath sent empty away. God is looking for empty vessels to fill with his Holy Spirit. Go to him just as you are. Go as an empty vessel, inadequate, imperfect, but humble and thirsty. Don't pretend that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't pretend that you have everything God wants for you. Don't pretend you got it all when actually you have nothing. Go to God in a humble attitude and a humble frame of mind. Repent of your sins if you have any un unconfessed sins, unre if you're unrepentant. Throw off your pride. The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God loves you, my friend, and he wants you to receive of this fresh outpouring of his Holy Spirit that is beginning to change the lives of many Orthodox Christians and even Catholics and members of the mainline Protestant churches. God is baptizing in his Holy Spirit all those that come to him confessing their thirst and trusting in his unfailing promises. Again, again let me exhort you, I cannot emphasize it enough. Let God rekindle the gift that he put in you many years ago. He will bless you with a new beginning. It will be a fresh start in your Christian life. It will prove to be a threshold experience that will enable you to grow spiritually. It will make the sacraments more operative in your walk with Jesus Christ. Christ will come alive in your life in a way in which you have never experienced him. It happened to me, yes, back in 1972. I don't have the time to share my personal testimony with you now, but the point is that it's not theory for me. No, I'm not teaching just doctrine here. I'm not teaching only theology. It's actual experience for me. It revolutionized my life. That's right. It revolutionized my ministry. Oh, it excites me. Just to think about it, especially when I talk about it. Oh, I, I thought just because I was an ordained priest that I had everything God had for me. After I came into this new dimension of the Holy Spirit, looking back, I could see I had very little compared to what I have now. The grace I received at my ordination has become more operative. 
An ordained priest has apostolic authority when he is ordained, but not always the apostolic power that enables him to minister in that supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Once again, I urge you, friend, let God rekindle the gift that was given to you. Let God stir up the gift that has been in you. It is not irreverence to your initial baptism, no. On the contrary, it is irreverence not to have that gift rekindled. It is a serious offense against God to refuse to repent and to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to be filled anew with the Holy Spirit. It is not a violation of the sacrament of baptism, no, on the contrary. It is a violation of God's will not to move on into a greater fullness of the Holy Spirit. My friend, you offend God's love and generosity when you hold back. Now the word baptize is the Greek word that means to be immersed. I'm not talking about repeating your initial baptism, definitely not. You cannot repeat your baptism, there's only one baptism, but you can be re-immersed in the Holy Spirit. God can flood your whole being in that endowment with power from on high. So if some people in the charismatic renewal, for example, talk about their new experience as a baptism in the Holy Spirit, they are referring to a spiritual immersion, an immersion into the Holy Spirit. The term baptized in Orthodox usage has a broader meaning. Those that make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land will say, for example, that they were baptized in the River Jordan. Well, we know that they, what they mean. They are not implying that they are despising the original baptism they received. They mean they were dipped into the Jordan to receive an extra blessing. I'm not going to condemn them as guilty of heresy. I thought I was going to finish today with the subject of rekindling of baptismal grace, but it seems as if it is inexhaustible. We're running out of time again. You know that you can get that rekindling in the Holy Spirit right this moment. That's right. All you need is to claim God's promise for you. Don't take a beggar's attitude. You don't have to plead with God. No, you're his child. It's time for renewal in your life, my friend. Don't sit, sit back in the church pew and wither away. It's time for revival of faith in your life. It's time for a spiritual awakening in the church. I'm going to pray for you right now. Reach out in faith and expectation. That's what God honors. When you expect to receive from God, you will, you will not fail to receive. God backs his promises. Kneel, if you can, right there in front of your television screen. Or bow your head humbly with closed eyes. And I'm going to pray for you. That's right. Be open, receptive. And you're going to experience God's touch right now. Father, I claim your promise that in the last days I will pour out my, of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Rekindle, Lord, that seed, grace, and flood the heart of that man, of that woman out there that is waiting upon you in faith with your Holy Spirit. Release your spirit, Lord. Release those rivers of living water. Make Jesus come alive in their life. For I ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now I want to ask you to write me today and to share with me how this program, program has been a blessing to you. 
Your gift and contribution will make this, pro this outreach, television outreach possible, and I will be able to continue. I need to hear from you. Please don't let me down. Until next time, may our soon coming king bless you richly. And in fact, if you write me, I will send you this booklet on the Holy Spirit baptism. God bless you. We thank you for having joined Father Stefanu in this new broadcast of Inspiration and Faith. We hope you will tune in again next week for another half hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This program is made possible by the free will offerings of the viewers. Your prayerful and financial support is vital to the continuance of this telecast.